Hi, my name is John Hand, and on this episode of Cinema Spotlight, we're covering a very controversial film, probably one of the most controversial films ever made, Italian director Pier Paolo Pasolini's Cello, or The 120 Days of Sodom. fascists represent the only true complete anarchism on earth once we have taken control of the state. In fact, the only real anarchism is that of power. Excuse me, I would like to make a suggestion. Uh, don't you think, Signora Maggi, that it would be appropriate before beginning your narration to show us your most attractive and desirable parts? Certainly, with the greatest of pleasure. Now, Salo is based on the writings of the Marquis de Sade. It's based on the 120 days of Sodom. Uh, the French madman Marquis de Sade in the 1700s and 1800s, and he wrote the 120 days of Sodom in the Bastille. Uh, these debauched French aristocrats, libertines, kidnap uh, a bunch of young children. These aristocrats take all these children to a mansion and just systematically torture them as these prostitutes tell stories that are supposed to enliven the events uh, sexually and emotionally. And the the book, just like most of de Sade's books, you know, he spent most of his life in an insane asylum, is just a, a catalog of torture and sexual assaults and just complete madness, you know, sexual violence, which is so debauched and insane that it almost becomes a kind of philosophical tract, you know, and it takes one's mind into very dangerous areas, you know. Pasolini took this story, and he transposed it into the 1940s World War II Benito Mussolini, the fascist regime of Benito Mussolini in Italy, and he created a story of these four debauched wealthy men of power who, in concert with uh, their, their group of uh, soldiers who are young people, kidnap 18 young boys and girls and take them to a, a mansion uh, in, in the countryside and brutally torture them as prostitutes, as these four middle-aged prostitutes tell their stories, which are supposed to sexually enlighten them. And the, 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 the prize to people who, to the, to the young boys and girls who are behaviors out of these bunch, is uh, a, a place in Salo, which was Benito Mussolini's um, uh, fascist regime. It was a puppet state of Nazi Germany in that time period. So, in a nutshell, that's what the film is about. It's about these four debauched, really uh, insane, comical, almost you know, arch baddies to the point where they're like comical. Who at the beginning of this film, we see them in a corridor of power as they begin their descent into madness. Pasolini took inspiration from both the Marquis de Sade and Dante's Inferno, in the sense that he 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 cut the film into four parts. There, the first part is the antechamber of hell, where these four debauched wealthy men uh, marry their own daughters. And uh, then there's this really there's a scene where 
the uh, the daughters are all in this room, and these these young soldiers come in, and they storm into the room, and they're like, "Sorry, I've got to do this." And one of these one of these soldiers spits in the in the face of of one of these daughters, and it's just really sick. And so they take their daughters along with uh, these, you know, peasants, which they kidnap in the countryside. And there are all these scenes of where uh, these, you know, wealthy businessmen in their in their nice suits, along with the, their soldiers, which they have, are rounding up these little peasant children and, you know, who are running around town on bikes and things. And, you know, these these wealthy nobles, they... they they want to have the pick of uh, the the best-looking ones of the bunch, the best-looking boys and girls. And so there are all these scenes where we're seeing these, uh, you know, young men and women, these, you know, especially with the girls, they're, you know, they're forced to strip down. And, they're, and there's a couple of scenes of the girls being auditioned where, you know, there's this one girl where it's, it's obvious that uh, she wants to go along with them. And one of the noblemen you know, looks at her, and she's all smiling, and then she, and then he inspects her teeth, and they're kind of rotted, and it's almost like that, it's almost like there's an element of corruption already inherent in this young girl, and she's, and he's like, take her away, and there's this other girl who is crying because uh, she, her, her parents were killed, you know, by, and, and the, she, they, they drowned trying to, to save her, She's just she's completely naked and she collapses onto the floor and in a and bursts into tears in front of these noblemen. It's it's the cover of the Criterion Collection uh, uh, DVD and, and Blu-ray, recent DVD and Blu-ray, kind of out of focus. But that's that's her, and all of these noblemen get very excited. They they move forward like you know like hawks, you know, <laughs> and it's just again very kind of humorous, you know. And so they go to this mansion, they take all their kids to this mansion, and so begins the, the games. The, there are scenes in this uh, very strange-looking parlor where one by one these middle-aged prostitutes tell their stories of, of how they were taken advantage of sexually uh, at a very young age and, and uh, how they were, you know forced to do all these very strange sexual things and so we we start in the antechamber of hell and we go into these these separate circles there's the the circle of manias the circle of excrement where one of these uh, one of these debauched prostitutes divulges details of you know of eating crap you know and and uh, so now they what they do is they everybody has uh, chamber pots and they collect all everyone's fecal matter in these chamber pots and in this big feast everyone eats excrement you know <laughs> and it the, to me when i first saw it, it was one of the hardest scenes i've ever had to watch cuz it's just basically minutes upon minutes upon minutes of of these steaming steaming plates of crap which are these steaming turds which are you know ladled onto these each one's plate individually and these children are are eating it and they're just choking on it and i mean you could just smell it in the room i mean it's just 
complete it's i mean you've never I've, you've never seen a movie where where there's a banquet hall and they take out the you know there's these you know, the, the 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 food is on these plates and 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 it's just all crap they're just literally eating turds i mean it's just it's it's so outlandish you know and then of course the four noblemen are just so debauched and insane that they're they're completely getting into it there is this one the one nobleman who is the uh comedic character of the bunch he's the the red-haired fellow who uh you know who just eats eats the uh eats the uh the the crap with quite gusto and then he is uh he takes that he he pulls down his trousers and and has one of the guards one of the uh the the soldiers uh 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 violate him right there in the in the banquet hall i mean it's just there 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 are parts of this movie which are almost you you're it's 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 such an affront to to what you're used to in in film in normal life that this side of this crazy uh red-haired italian comedic figure you know uh, showing off his uh, showing off his rear end to everybody, and then getting down the floor and and uh, being violated. It, it's just crazy. So there's the antechamber of hell, the circle of manias, the circle of excrement, the circle of blood. As it as it goes on, as it gets crazier, the the noblemen begin to devise different ways of torturing these uh, young girls and boys, which, you know, most of the time, towards the end of the film, these most, most of these young girls and boys are completely naked. And, uh, it's, you know, it's just... And they, they wander around the house just like dogs, just like animals. In fact, there is a scene where, where uh, they, they have... They're actually treated like dogs, where they have dog collars on, and, and one of the noblemen... Uh, puts all of these uh, uh, nails and these uh, sharp things in this piece of bread and throws it to one of these one of these girls and she starts eating and her 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 mouth fills with blood and it's a big comedic it's a big comedic scene um, so the film is just a, a catalog of these insane tortures like this it's it starts to get on a almost political sociological level these these debauched political figures take things to extreme degrees where they begin to set up these fake marriages amongst the the children they pick out two children they want that they want to be married and and they want to con- and they want but they want to control it you know because then they have the wedding night after the marriage and these and, and this very strange spare Room, which is all geometric, uh, we see these two, this boy and this girl, making love on the on the on the floor. But then, the debauched uh, noblemen are like, "No, the flower, that flower is for us," and they rip them apart. And and uh, one one guy, one of these noblemen, has sex with the girl, and the other guy has sex with the boy. It's so to me, uh, a I saw this film. When I was fourteen or fifteen years old. It was just so. It was so such an affront and so out of the norm, you know. So 
throughout this film, there these some of these young young boys and girls commit offenses to the nobleman. They there are points where they break down, where they can't take it, uh, and and the nobleman just keep escalating these very strange crimes. You know, there's this one scene where the 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 nobleman they they have everyone all these boys get naked. Uh, and uh, their rear ends are visible in, in a dark room, and they try to identify whose rear end is this, and they try to pick out the best rear end, and they put a gun to his head, but of course they pull the trigger, there's no bullets, because they say that it, as fascists, you know, they want to kill him a thousand times, you know, so it's this very, very stark, very raw expression of fascist power, you know, which they're exposing. So... These these children at times commit offenses, you know, and at the end of the film, uh, they they pay for these offenses. They pay for these offenses in the in this sequence, which at the at, which ends the film, which is an incredibly powerful scene, where in in this dirt courtyard, many of these boys and girls who committed offenses are mercilessly tortured. They're tied up, they're electrocuted, uh, they are hung, uh, their eyes are ripped out, uh, their tongues are ripped out, uh, they are scalped, and this, and the, the four libertines, the four debauched wealthy figures here all take part in this torture. They alternately take part in this torture and at the same time, they are in this room inside the palace, inside the house. Uh, they they are in this raised room, looking down into the courtyard, and looking at, looking at the scene of torture through binoculars, and on this high raised chair. And so, we're as an audience, we're never in the courtyard. We're always in this room inside uh, the, the the building. Looking down at this at this scene, which takes place completely, you know, silently, where we we see we hear none of the sound, none of their screams of torture. It's this kind of this we're 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 almost as a as a spectator, helpless, looking on at this. And there's a point where one of these noblemen actually turns their binoculars around and looks at the scene in the other way and actually instead of looking in it, it, it they actually distance themselves from the scene it's it's a very stylized very technically advanced uh, way of portraying this violence the only thing we hear as i said it's totally silent the only thing we hear is the the sound of the radio which is is playing this very somber music then somebody eventually one of the one of these soldiers, which, and by the way, the soldiers are also taking part in this torture, almost like the proletariat. These soldiers are also, ta- you know, complicit or are being has been, have been drawn into the violence to torture their own kind by these wealthy noblemen. One of the soldiers, these young kids who have machine guns, you know, strapped to them, you know, turns the radio, which has all this somber music. And one of the one of the boys, one of these soldier boys, starts to dance with the other soldier in the room, and then we pretty much end it. So, so that's Salo. That's Salo. Pretty much a difficult film to see. Basically, a a a catalog of torture and insanity and strangeness and madness, full of uh, lots of. Um, 
anal violation in this film, <laughs> constant uh, violation in, in that way uh, as people trying to have a show of power and, and dominance, obviously. It's it's a hard film to take. It's a hard film to criticize. It's a, it's a hard film to look at. I, I mean, it, it's hard to find a meaning in all this insanity and, and madness. And uh, there have been some very popular film critics who haven't found any meaning within all of this, you know. Pasolini is a a very, very well-regarded Italian director. He he started, he started as a poet, he started as a writer, he started uh, as something very high-minded. He made his first film in 1961, Acatone, which was a, a movie about um, street pimps and very, you know, peasant life in Italy. It was very rough and black and white, and he made a number of films in this style. But before making Salo, which was his last film in 1975, he made three films which were uh, described as the, the trilogy of life. He made The Decameron, The Canterbury Tales, and The Arabian Nights. And these films were seen as kind of like a celebration of sexuality and and a, a joyous, you know, divergent films. And there is a feeling amongst many critics that that Pasolini lost faith in this. And he turned his mind to making a, a far more darker film, a film which was far more cynical and and darker and was about the ugly side of power. And Salo can be seen, it can be seen as a very political statement about what, what power does, that, that, that power ultimately corrupts, that the, that the truest expression of power is just total anarchy, that, that sadomasochistic violence is, is what power, uh, basically reduces the human body to it just reduces it to a commodity that can be bought and sold and captured and you can do whatever you want with it and i mean you could it's very easy to see that because the film is basically about these fascists i mean everybody knows about italy and benino mussolini and these evil fascists they take these proletariats the young street kids you know, they take them to their, their mansion and they rip them apart, you know? I mean, that's that's a very direct read. I mean, it, it's not... You don't really need to to have a lot of theories about what's going on to understand what these guys are doing, why they're doing it, and on a higher level, you know, what Pasolini is trying to say, you know? So, I mean... In some ways, the the interpretation that's if you know the background of Italy and everything, even you know on a on a very surface level, if you know it, it's it's very clear what's going on. On the other hand, it's just the film is is so um, unrelenting. It's so unrelenting and and so extreme. I mean, scenes like the, the scene of eating the crap, which. That was just chocolate and biscuits and things and candied fruit and things which were ground up, and uh, but in the film it just looks so realistic that it's just it's 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 very sickening. I remember that's the point of the film where I where I stopped 
where I stopped the film and, and just couldn't go on. The film is also intensified by the fact that these four guys who are running the show, these four, you know, wealthy, you know, noblemen, libertines, are... They're so evil that they're kind of arch, and it brings the film into this kind of unintentional humor, you know, with some of their their excursions into madness, almost at times something out of uh, kind of like that absurdist humor in uh, in 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 Wes Craven's Last House on the Left, where things get so violent that you almost have to meet Stark violence with stark lunacy, stark absurdity, you know, and it almost makes the violence even more intensified, or in some cases, people will just make, it'll make the violence even more silly. Some people will kind of laugh at it and will just not quite understand it, but once you crack a joke within the the realm of, of that kind of torture and that kind of unmitigated, you know, evil, it it almost intensifies the evil, you know. The film is is also it's a very big break from what Pasolini was doing with Akatone and these it's kind of black and white documentary look in the in the sense that the film is very orderly and is very geometric you know it's divided into these different parts and the inside of the, this these madmen's house this mansion in 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 the in the and the countryside where all of these these tortures take place is not like a torture dungeon. It's not something out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's this very kind of orderly art deco area with all these ornate rooms which are organized in these very geometric compositions which are very so they're so orderly and they're so geometric and ornate that they're almost unsettling. Especially the one main room where where most of this torture takes place, which has this gigantic this this thing which is is which is hanging from the ceiling like this big it's this big light source, but it looks like this gigantic phallic kind of thing which hangs from the the ceiling and it's all this ornate stuff and it's there's something very strange. You know about the lines and the and the room and the texture. The production designer Dante Ferretti called it like a fascist deco type look, and I can I can see shades of that like in the Conformist, but not to the the kind of extreme degree that I that I see it in in this film. You know, and I mean, you know, at this point in Italian film, you'd had films like The Night Porter in films like Lucino Visconti's The Damned, which were movies about World War II and the Nazis and the fascists, because, you know, in, in the late 60s and 70s, there was, there, there was the feeling that there was enough distance and space between that time period that they could start making films about this era. But Salo is just something totally different. Salo is, it's not a Nazi film, it's, it's, it, it takes place within the context of World War II and these fascist atrocities, but it tells the story which is far more universal, which is a story of this universal torture, the, the universal corruption of power. And it, and it just tells, and it, 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 spends, <laughs> it spends one hour, 56 minutes, basically kind of, kind of pile-driving those points home.
I guess my first exposure to Salo, um, it was the, really the first exposure I'd had to Pasolini, because that was the film which had traveled the farthest, I guess, and it had the biggest reputation, it was the most controversial. I don't remember seeing anything about Akatoni, I don't remember seeing anything about Telema or or any or theorem or, or any of his other films. Salo, I read a review and film threat of the Criterion Collection Laserdisc, and I was I was entranced by it. I, w- I really was entranced by it. And I don't, on a certain level, I mean, I didn't even understand what the film was about because the, the Criterion um, Laserdisc review and film threat was just about the torture and the insanity. And it was just this little tiny paragraph about it. And the title of the film, Solo, the, the fact that it was so rare, the fact that up until that time... I think Waterbearer had released a VHS edition. Waterbearer, a, a classic, you know, art house VHS label, had released the VHS of Salo in the United States. I believe it was the it was the the cover of that Salo VHS was the picture of these uh, four debauched guys uh, dancing. I had, but I hadn't seen that, and I I remember for for my birthday I must have ordered the laserdisc from Ken Cranes. And I put it on, and I was like, what the hell is this? I remember I stopped during the crap scene. I mean, I stopped the the laser disc, and I'm like, what am I watching, you know? And the Criterion laser disc was very special in the sense that it was not a gatefold release. It was just a, a slip cover, and it, the, um... Usually on most laserdisc releases, at that point with these would just not which, which wasn't a gatefold. It was just like a a sleeve, a very simple uh, cardboard sleeve. On the back of the laserdisc, they had all the production notes printed as well as the chapter listings. You know, you know, like one, you know, chapter one opening, chapter two, you know, the antechamber of hell. But but the chapters in uh, Salo were so. You know, like the Circle of Excrement, which is the which which was titled the Circle of, Shit. and the, the stuff like that. The chapters were were so crazy that they actually printed the chapters in a separate slip of paper, and they slipped it in next to the laser disc. So it was like I always loved that. That was always a nice little touch there. So Criterion's laser disc, very. The Criterion Laserdisc was the same transfer as the early Criterion DVD. It had this green tinge to it, and it just looked very green and dingy, crushed blacks, you know. And, you know, even at that point, I I could tell the film was an incredibly controversial film. And the film, you know, began to show up on these lists on the internet of the most controversial films, you know, because... What was on that list? There was um, In a Glass Cage, Trisel Crystal, there was I Spit on Your Grave, there was Last House on the Left, and, and Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS, uh, Men Behind the Sun, and Salo would invariably show up on these lists of the most controversial films of all time. And But in my mind, Salo is, is probably the, the granddaddy 
of that. As I said, Sallow, the production of Sallow, it grew out of that Marquis de Sade work, uh, that that book, which again, just just like the the, the film, is just a catalog of tortures. It was co-written by Pasolini along with Pupiavati, who was another writer and director. Uh, he directed the Zader and the House with Windows That Laugh, and also a lot of um, Italian art house films. And he co-wrote it with Pasolini. It was going to be directed by someone else. It's going to be directed by Sergio Citti, who was Pasolini's assistant director on some of his earlier films like Medea and Canterbury Tales. And apparently, according to Pupiavati in the documentary that's contained on the new Sallow Blu-ray and DVD, the film fell through. Sergio Citti wasn't going to make it, so Pasolini was going to make another movie, and just by fate, Pupiavati ran into um, Pasolini at a restaurant reintroduced him to the script. Pasolini said he didn't have a copy of the script. Pupiavati gave him a copy of the script. They worked on rewriting it. Uh, Pupiavati's name is not on the film. But Pupiavati feels that uh, he set Pasolini on on the course to make this film. And he feels a great personal responsibility with what happened to Pasolini. Because... Basically, this Salo was director Pasolini's last film. He finished it in late 1975, and he died in 1975. He died in a very violent way. He was uh, run over with with a car uh, by it was they pinned it on this um, 17-year-old street hustler. But uh, and the street hustler confessed, but then later on said that there, no, there were these other people that were involved with the murder. Um, we don't know if the murder was politically minded because Pasolini was a very controversial cultural political figure in Italy at that time. Probably had some enemies. There is also the theory that that he was being extorted. That there was these extortionists that had that had reels of film from Salo that he wanted to get, that he was communicating with. So his his death is shrouded in violence and mystery and insanity. And a lot and when you see Salo, the film is not a comfortable film to watch. It's not a pleasant film that you can, that you. It's not this kind of pageantry that you want to return to, uh, you know, year after year. It's something you almost kind of have to force yourself to watch. Uh, I, I guess if you're maybe if you're a right-minded person, because it's just there is this atmosphere of negativity and death and darkness that you see in Salo that these these figures that there is no redemption there is no light at the end of the tunnel that the that the only thing that all of these people in this in this film can can hope for is is just death you know the embrace of of death and the film is just constantly you you have this atmosphere of death and insanity and you know in the in the background as as these um as this group of people in this parlor are listening to these debauched stories from these prostitutes, 
you you hear in the background the sounds of war, the sounds of the Allies, because again, as I said before, this is set in the 1940s, and set in that time period, you see you hear, you hear the sounds of planes and tanks and things going off in the in the distance, you know. So you have this this kind of uh, atmosphere of of oblivion that, that, that these that these people are of this of of chaos of anarchy that these people are of war that these people are living in and. And it's it's just a very stark, strange, scary film. You know, it's it's a it's a horrible film, but a, a very important horrible film. And from the very beginning, the film was was incredibly controversial. It was held up in courts in uh, in Italy. It was in the UK. It was confiscated at these film clubs and. And it ran into all kinds of censorship issues. wasn't even really seen until the BBFC passed it in the year 2000. And in the United States, there were there were all these censorship issues. Uh, the, the The film came out on video, and there were all of these police things where undercover policemen would try to, you know, uh, purchase or rent a copy of it, and then they would, you know, they'd try to arrest them. And it also became a big a controversial item, collector's item, because the DVD, the Criterion Collection DVD, was released in the very early days of DVD. It was basically a direct transfer of the Laserdisc transfer, and it went out of print rather quickly. Somehow, it became one of the biggest selling collector's discs out in the market. It became one of the most sought-after DVDs, out-of-print DVDs, there was. I mean, at, at one point in the mid-2000s, in the early to mid-2000s, Salo was selling in like the 200 to $400 range on eBay and Amazon Marketplace and, and places like that. It became so big that there was actually a bootleg pressing done of Salo. And the bootleg pressing began to show up in some legitimate retailers like Facets, a, a a seller and a a, a renter of um, obscure art house movies uh, based in Chicago, and so and facets got into that. And there was all of this controversy, and which was in one way is kind of unwarranted because everyone was just you know like crazy going after this Criterion disc, which you know, I sold my Criterion lasers actually I think for. A, pretty decent profit. It wasn't three hundred or four hundred, but it was it was it was more than I purchased it for actually <laughs> and, uh, from Ken Cranes in the mid nineties or the early to mid nineties. And it was in in one way it's kind of unwarranted because uh MGM, you know, had the rights to the to the uh to the film and they had licensed it to the BFI in the UK and they had released it uh, uncut on a, a DVD, which had PAL speed up, but it had a much better transfer than the Criterion DVD. And Criterion eventually re-released Cello on DVD and eventually Blu-ray in the United States in a, in a really wonderful transfer, which is just as good as the BFI's Blu-ray of Cello, which I have, and which is a great release, a great two-disc set. Though I think the Criterion DVD extras and Blu-ray extras 
put the film into a, a, a greater context. There's a Mark Remote documentary, uh, Fade to Black, which is really great on, on disc two. There's a great documentary, The End of Salo, or Pubiavati, and some of the, the actors in Salo discuss their, their part in the film. And it gets a little, it gets a little arty and stylized, but it's still a very important document of, you know, first-hand document from some of the people who were around the the creation of Salo. The new BFI and Criterion DVDs and Blu-rays also contain a an English audio track, which pretty, I, you know, from spot checking, it pretty faithfully renders the the insane uh, political speeches and, and all the crazy stuff in the film. So, you know, initially with the Laserdisc, it was just in, in Italian only with uh, English subtitles. But the English track is is actually pretty good. It's not the original track, but nevertheless, it, it will suffice if you want to... Uh, if you want to get people involved in this film and they don't want to read their film, quote-unquote, you know, but they still want their depravity, so you can get them involved that way as well, <laughs> I guess. But uh, probably still the uh, original Italian version is preferred. Salo. It's, it's, it's very difficult to kind of encapsulate this film, it's, to understand this film, really. Uh, you know, one could see this film as ultimately kind of an indictment on, uh, you know, what Pasolini thought was the negativity of the Italian culture, where it was going, mass consumerism, uh, political power, the abuse of polit- political power, um, the ultimate abuse of power on a, on a more existential level, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's difficult to 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 reconcile those orderly thoughts with the the anarchy of violence and insanity in this film, which has attracted so many people who just want to see the the sickest film ever made, the most violent film ever made. So, Salo may well may very well be the the sickest film ever made, full of a catalog of sexual tortures and violence and rape and insanity. It also may very well be one of the most important films ever made, and, and from that darkness, that utter darkness of the film, which, which many people can't help but connect to Pasolini's own dark demise, within that darkness, he's almost seen as kind of a martyr for this film, within that, that darkness and that martyrdom, um, maybe we may get a glimpse into the the kind of uh, raw, unvarnished evil of of unrestrained power. So, again, <laughs> take it for what you will, and enjoy it, or don't enjoy it, or don't watch it. I'm not sure if you ever really would quite enjoy it, but anyway. Until next time, John Hand here. Ciao.